0: It just got worse and worse and people leaving, getting the wrong people hired into roles and just the culture just got so, so bad. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We hope you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does and make it happen. We help you define the work that is unapologetically you and then go get it. If you feel like you were meant for more and you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. In
1: 2007, I had changes in the company that I was working in at the time that pretty much pushed me in the direction of apathy. Like I pretty much didn't care, didn't feel connected anymore. And if this is something that's happened to you, then you're not alone. It's (laughs) You're not even close to alone. According to a Gallup study, only 32% of U.S. employees felt engaged at work in 2022. So this is pretty recent, right? Companies seem to be losing their grasp on what employees actually want or when they're rapidly restructuring and trying to make changes. And when they're trying to navigate the after effects of the pandemic, they're not being successful, many of them, most of them. So if you've been spending your time in a job that is very out of alignment with who you are, or maybe you're surrounded by people that just don't share the same values, they don't place value on the same things that you do. If this is the case, then you'll find that even if you enjoy your day-to-day job functions, and even if there's many other good things, you're probably going to fall quickly into the category of disengaged. That'll make you ready for a change, whether you recognize it or not. And the good news is that while the number of engaged employees is extremely low, there are, in fact, organizations out there that have more than doubled this percentage. What does that mean? Well, there's organizations that actually care if you are feeling connected and enjoying your work and feeling engaged. Pretty cool, right? You just have to find them.
0: Here's the 27 questions that could come up on an interview. and Here's like all the canned responses. And it's like, no, let's just get to the the values and virtues and, and get to what actually matters. That's
1: Brian. He's been a leader who's done many things in his career, managing sales and marketing campaigns, leading teams for well over 20 years. His latest role was vice president of business development. And he'd always put an extreme importance on a company's values and culture. And he'd made many pivots over the years and done a great job of driving towards companies and organizations that really aligned with what he wanted and what he believed. Pretty cool, right? Not everybody's done that. And currently, he was feeling very, very misaligned. When Brian contacted us here at HTYC, he'd just been looped into the latest round of company layoffs. For the first time, he no longer felt in control of his career. Very first time, right? And that made him pretty desperate to find a new role fast. And he was applying for all of these jobs, thinking he needed to find a bridge role. And that would allow him to take the time to find the job that he really wanted. That next step in his career. Here's what happened though. Fast forward a little bit. He started working with us and he took a step back and realized that everything he was doing was motivated by stress and desperation and fear. He actually had a lot more buffer time than what he thought he did. And he could give himself some space to figure out what had gone wrong in his last role and what an ideal fit would look like for him this time around. Okay. This is, this is a really very fun interview partially because Brian is so self-aware and also Brian knows so much about what he wants. Take a listen and I want you to particularly listen for how he used his ideal career profile, the tool that super simple tool that we've invented, and the seven elements of meaningful work so that he could define exactly what he wanted and needed from his next organization to be able to thrive. By the way, the ideal career profile and a breakdown of the seven elements of meaningful work, those are two things that we detail out in our book, Happen to Your Career. So if you want to know more about them, you can go get the HDYC book, any place where books are sold. I highly recommend the audiobook if you're listening to this podcast. But back to Brian's story. Here is where he starts out talking about his very first career pivot, straight out of studio recording industry and into the business world.
0: So I had recently got married. The recording studio itself was not doing terribly well. And it started to cut my hours back. My wife got pregnant and I just looked at it as like, this is not going to get it done. I've got to mm-hmm. do something else. Uh, my brother-in-law worked in an industry where he was a rep calling on retail stores, going in and training sales associates on software. And he was working for this company. And I had like no idea that these types of companies existed, where it was basically like, like temp agencies, but it's temp reps that get hired on to go be marketing reps to call on retailers to train on products. he's like, you should just come work for our company. I'm like, well, what is it you do? And he's just like, well, they got a new contract for HP. Essentially, he was saying that they had this new Hewlett-Packard contractor that was coming along where HP was going to launch PCs at retail. And this was in 1995, which, rewind the tape, is just like, Windows 95 was launching. So a whole yep. new graphical user interface and HP, what they had negotiated was that they were going to be the first PC manufacturer to market with Windows 95 actually installed mm-hmm. on the computer versus buying a computer than having to install it. So I got hired to launch HP and Windows 95 at the same time. And I remember like literally my first day of work, there was a line of people waiting to Talk to me about Windows 95 and PCs, and I had never wow. touched one, and I just totally winged the whole thing you know, for four hours doing demos for people. I was like, well, there's a start button, so obviously that's where we start. I was like, <laughs> and here we go. Right. Um, but I ended up like just working my butt off, and I learned a ton. And it, just got promoted up and my managers fell in love with me. And then before I knew it, it's just like, I started off on a team of 13 and within about four years, I had almost 1300 people working for me. Wow. You know, and it's just a lot of that was just the tenacity of the, I want to make it better. I want to make it better for the field. I want to give the customers a better experience. I want to give the retailers a better experience and just that drive and passion to let's make it better. That organization, they sold off the business to another company, and they just lost their culture. It all became about profits and you know employees, whatever, customers, whatever. It's, just, it's profit, 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 and so it's like this is not a good fit for me culturally. I left to a much smaller company down in Southern California. I think we we're doing about four million dollars annually, but I had a lot of autonomy in terms of what we were doing. I worked there as. Originally director of operations, I, th- I figured if I can get in and really learn the operations, I could really make a difference for everybody. Did that for a number of years. The particular owner was doing some unethical uneth- things, and I chose to leave because I just didn't want to get caught up in those things that were criminal and decided I would start my own company. And I started probably long enough to have a cup of coffee, quality assurance marketing, went out and got a couple of customers. A competitor of mine called and said, we don't need one more competitor. Just come work here. I'll let you do what you want to do. So I did. Uh, And originally came in as the director of field services. And the owner of that organization gave me a lot of autonomy. And he's just like, after about a year, he's just like, you should just be running the whole. And it's just like, I'm just going to make you a vice president of the retail services group. And you just run the business unit.
1: Let me me ask you about two things about that. Sure. One, when... you're thinking back, and you're talking about autonomy. What did that mean for you at that time? What did autonomy look like, feel like, smell like, taste like? Yeah.
0: I think for me, the autonomy came in the in a couple different forms. One was trust, you know, yeah. that I had somebody that actually trusted me. But the other side of it was having the responsibility and accountability that now I need to go deliver because I have this person that trusts me to do this. And I have my customers that are trusting me. I've got these people that are employees trusting me. It's just like I felt like I have got to do a great job. And therefore, it's just like having that trust and the responsibility and accountability just like drove the passion in me of we're going to make this great.
1: Yeah, very cool. Well, and here's why I'm curious, because so many people want
0: autonomy. I
1: also recognize that when we ask 10 different people about what autonomy means to them, we very often get 10 unique and very different answers. So I was curious what what that meant for you and what it meant for you at that time, too, because it sounded like you refer to it fondly when when you're thinking back to that time. For
0: certain. Yeah, that was a fantastic time in my career for certain.
1: So what happened from there?
0: Yeah, so the um, the owner ended up selling the company off to a company out in Georgia. And that autonomy, that just that entrepreneurial spirit that we had, it just wasn't there. I mean, this is a company that multi backed by multi-billion dollar industry. And it was more about process and systems and the structure than it was about Let's just get in there and solve problems and like fix things for customers. and it just didn't had that kind of like the grittiness to it of let's solve problems versus the more of the rigid business. So for me, it just wasn't a good fit. But some of the previous team members that I had worked with had come to this company up here in Oregon. and actually one of my former directors that had worked for me had called me and was just like, hey, we're getting the band back together. It's just like, you should be here too. So he ends up, and we continue to talk. And like six months later, he's just like, we just need to get you here. And I ended up coming on at the time as director of business development. And I didn't know anything about business development. I had no business doing business development. No
1: business doing business development. That's a, no. a saying. That should be on a t-shirt <laughs> somewhere.
0: <should> <laughs> but um, yeah, he's just like, look, we just need to get you in. Once you're in, he's like, then we'll just figure out what we're going to do. And probably about 18 months in the CEO ended up eventually getting sacked by the board. They brought a new CEO in. She just drove the company in the ground. You get COVID. I mean, it was just like one thing after another. And it's just like, and the company just continued to flounder. I think through about seven rifts, I got promoted up a few few times, I think there was the kind of the getting promoted up through attrition of the, hey, we let all these people go. Now, who's going to run that? It's like, Harry, you've been here a long time. Why don't you do it? And so there was some of that. There was just, we talked about like the autonomy and just trying to relate it back to that. There was none of that. It was just like gone. It was just like, we're letting the following people go. And it's like, I'd like to have a say so and who's staying and who's going. It's like, no, we've already made the decision. Here's who's going. And anyway. Fast forward over the course of about 18 months and it just got worse and worse and people leaving, getting the wrong people hired into roles and just the culture just got so, so bad. And basically the entire executive team all exited as she built her new team. And eventually I got caught up in one of the, the layoffs and that's what led to me actually working with HTYC. But it's like, I sensed it was coming. And it's just like, so I was like, okay, I got to do something. I can't sit and wait. And so it's like, and so I just like started searching for podcasts. I walk my dog every morning, listen to podcasts. I'm a lifelong learner. And so while walking my dog every morning, I'm always trying to learn something new. Started listening to your podcast. I'm like, I'll send the email. Sure.
1: So a couple of things that I'm hearing out of that. One, you have this really... I would say fascinating track record of it shows up as a theme here where you're leaving every time there's not a values fit. And at this last time, it feels like, as I hear you tell the story, that it was a little bit different this time out because it sounded like you could see some of the writing on the wall. But I think the thing that's really interesting is this, this move feels very different for you than some of the other moves. How do you think about that now in hindsight?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. So I, I think that there was this aspect of the, it's not to get caught up in ego. It's the, um, I think for me, it was just like I had been really pretty successful in my career, continue to get promoted up wherever I went from being a rep in the field to having a team around the globe. But it was just like, I think it was just that, I'm getting rejected kind of a experience. Yeah. And then there was the other side of it that was the, oh crap, now what? it's just like, because I mean, I hadn't really ever had to look for a job, right? So it's just like, yeah. I mean, even going back to like talking about being in the recording studio early in my career, it's just like, one of the teachers at the school was like, hey, Brian, I know some guys. I'm going to get you in. And it's just like, and then I went and met with the owner of the studio. He's like, yeah, Steve so you're a good guy. You're a good guy. Yeah, you're in. And it's like, so it wasn't like I had to learn how do you interview and how do you find a job? It was like, hey, Steve, I need to get a job. Do you know anybody that would hire me? And it's like, yeah. And then like to getting into this industry where my brother-in-law's, I'm going to help you get hired on. I know the manager. I'll get you the job. And so it's like, okay, cool. And then it's just like from there, it was just like people in the industry It's like, you should come work here. I want to hire, you. hey, come over here. It's just like you should be here. And it's just like, oh yeah, I'm the guy. They want me. And and then also it's like I'm not the guy. I'm not wanted. Now what? And so, like that, like stark reality and the wake up of the oh crap, now what? Sort of a thing.
1: What was that like to work through that? I've I've been there. I've been no. As you put it, not the guy. <laughs> I, I've been that not the guy before. And I have definitely felt that rejection in a couple, couple different pastimes where the company, you know, and I parted ways and it was not my choice. And, and it, I can't say that I have found where it feels fun. Maybe, maybe there's a story out there where somebody's like, Hey, this is fun. This is amazing. But I haven't seen it so far. Well, so, for you personally, what did it look like to be able to work through that?
0: I think you know, one is I was grateful to have Ben there as a coach to work with, and just kind of be a sounding board, and it is interesting trying to find the right words. But it's just like there was part of it where, yeah, it was to help me with the career, but it almost felt more like a life coach and working with Ben in terms of the uh, just being the. Uh, I love Star Trek, the ship's counselor, if you will.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And for reference, Ben is a phenomenal coach on our team. And so you've got this ship's, ship's counselor. (laughs) I love the, the Trekkie reference. And then what did, what do you feel like that did for you or how did that help you work, work through this piece?
0: I think that for me, it was the, uh, Helping it was like a grounding cord. I went through just a lot of stress and anxiety of the oh now what sort of a thing and just be able to actually have somebody that can sit and it's like okay well let's just play this out worst case scenario you don't get a job in six months where are you at what do you need to do and just like well, it's it's not as bad as I thought it was gonna be you know it's just kind of like start making a list of all the things I would do and it's like. I have time, It's just like, I can figure this stuff out. It's not like the, oh, I'm going to die if I don't get this answered in the next 24 hours. It was, I can make this work and just take a breath, get grounded and breathe. And I think in having that, as I started doing interview prep and applying for jobs, I think having that more of like the being at peace and not being desperate, Or if we're putting a positive connotation, having confidence, I think that it translated to the way that I, I began to interview of the, I'm going to interview you. Yes, you're going to interview me too, but I'm interviewing you to make sure that you guys are going to be the right fit for me. Because if you're not, I know I'm not the right fit for you because it's not going to work. And I think working with Ben, it helped in the confidence and moving in that direction. And I really think that it helped. It wasn't like, hey, let's do hard interviewing skills. And yeah, we did some of those types of things. But I think it was the underlying pinnings in in the work that we were doing in terms of actually giving the confidence versus the, here's the 27 questions that could come up on an interview. and Here's like all the canned responses. It was just like, no, let's just get to the... The values and the virtues and and get to what actually matters and i think that that actually began to translate
1: well i want to ask you about that here in just a moment those values and virtues and and how you worked through those pieces however it's not lost on me that what i hear you describe in being able to have that that grounding and be able to keep your focus on those areas prevented you from feeling desperate which then prevented you from acting in interactions with other people is desperate. I will tell you that the first time I got, well, the first time I didn't really get laid off. I was actually hardcore fired. Like it was, it was not a layoff situation. I told people initially, cause I was embarrassed that it was laid off, but really I just, I was fired cause I was not doing a great job and they should have fired me. That said though, it felt very different. I didn't build, I didn't do what you did. I didn't like go out and build a team or get expertise or anything like that. I very much spent, I very much spent a lot of time just reeling and feeling desperate and trying to do anything and everything. And consequently, I got a lot of turndowns as opposed to me turning down other, other people. So that, that part, as I listening to you describe how that was. I was a stress ball for a solid two months, honestly. So yeah. that's, that's really interesting. So let me ask you then, it, when, when you said a moment ago about, I wanted to focus on what was more important, like the values, what were you actually doing? What did the work for you look like at that point? And then how did that help you stay grounded?
0: Yeah, I think, I think the work that we were doing, like with the Ideal Career Profile, I think that really helped quite a bit in identifying the things that must be present, like in the next job. So I think it was one of those pieces going into it was like, I have all these skills, I can do this, I can do that. And it's just like, and and instead, it was just like, I I think in my head, what I was trying to do was try to figure out how do I actually position myself just to win the job and be wanted again to overcome that sense of rejection that I I think I felt at the time but I think that it was getting that clarity of the distinction of the rejection and the what do I actually want versus the I just want to feel wanted of like no that's not what it is yes I do want that but that's not the the driving factor that's behind mm-hmm. all this and so I think as we started going further down that path with the what must be present it really helped me hone in with the right questions to be asking during the interview of the people. And I think even with eventually landing where I am now, I ended up interviewing with five different people before they actually made the offer to me. And it's just like, but every one of them, I would go through the same thing of the, are you glad you're here? Do you like the people you're working with? What's not working? And it's just like, it's one of those things for me, that became really present with the for me the emotional intelligence so you don't mm. get into eq yeah of uh, the people that i was interviewing with i put great value on on people with great eq and every one of these people that i interviewed with on the question of the hey just what's not going well they all took responsibility for what they're not doing well they didn't blame it on anybody else in their organizations. like and they would stop and they actually self-reflect. It's like, oh, that's a good question. It's like, well, if I'm really being honest, I'm struggling in this area where I just don't think I'm mature enough yet. And so I'm working on this and here's what I'm working on. It's just like, is that something you would be able to help with? And it's was like, I can absolutely help you with that. It's like, here's how I can help you. But it was just like, just the, having the, the presence of that, I think really helped. As far as like what we had done with the, these are the type of people that I want to work with. Of, and I think also it's just having enough self-reflection. As you were talking about your you're being fired, it's just like if I'm being really honest with myself, I think I got to a point after going through so many of the the rifts and seeing mm-hmm. so many people that I had cared about get laid off that I just, you can say it's burnout. I think I'd become apathetic, mm-hmm. and it's like I probably would have let me go too. Mm-hmm. In hindsight. And so, and yeah, I can have some resentments. It'd be easy to point the finger, but I think that, yeah, I probably should have got let go. But then getting to the point of now, it's just like, I am working at an awesome company and I work with just a really great, I mean, I was on my one-on-one with my boss yesterday He's like, how's it going? I haven't talked to you like in a week and a half. It's like, but I'm like, I haven't met anybody I don't like. It's like everybody I meet, I continue to be impressed with everybody actually knows how to do their job. They're skilled. And it's like they know what they're doing. They're professional. It's just like, this is awesome. He's like, that's great. Good. And it's interesting. I mean, I think about I think maybe second, third day into job, I went to a local sales office up here and was talking to one of the district managers. And he's like, You won the jackpot, man. You won the lottery. It's just like, nobody leaves this company. Everybody loves it here. It's just like, you got a CEO that really cares about the people. And we just continue to do well because it's about the people, which going back to the ideal career, for me, a lot of that was the value of, I started really reflecting. It's just like, the majority of my waking hours are going to be spent with these people. I've got to like the people I'm going to work with
1: you strike me as the type of person that couldn't just go to work and accept a paycheck for Mm -hmm. lack of a better phrase. No, I don't think that would feel great for you. If I, if I understand you correctly.
0: No, for sure. Yeah. and Honestly, I mean, I continue to to meet with Ben and do touch base because it's like, for me, I have within me this desire just to make it, great and it's not that things aren't great here, but it's just like but just do this and then we do and just like continue to make it better and all of a sudden you're working 14 16 hour days and it's just like and so that's one of the things i've continued to work with it's just like I, I know that's within me i just don't want to get back to doing the crazy days it's like how do we build this in a way where we get the balance and continue to make it better i mean even like doing my one-on-one with my boss supervisor manager leader yesterday He's just like, here's what I'm thinking. And it's just like, could you do that? I'm like, I could totally do that. So it's like, I'm like, I could probably do that in the next week. Instead, it's like, you know what? I'm going to do that. And I'll come back to you with a timeline and I'll let you know. And, but yeah, I can totally do all the things that you're asking me to do. I I know exactly how to do that. And it's like, and we'll do it instead of like the, oh, I'll work all weekend. I'm going to work late and we'll have that done next week. It's, it's not that it's. And I think that's some of the tying it back to the work with Ben of, Trying to get that balance right for the ideal career profile of it doesn't have to be this chaos because for me, Mm -hmm. my innate desire is to just, I got to get it great and it's got to get great now. I think what's
1: really interesting about that as I'm listening to you talk, as you were talking about the transitions you made earlier and the different points in time in your career with different, different roles, different opportunities just in how you're talking about it, I can hear a lot of the things that you value coming out of how you're describing what was great about those situations. And I think that that is what so many people miss when we're trying to figure out work that is a really wonderful fit. It's that you have to be able to identify and articulate and then seek out those things that you want and i think you've done a really phenomenal job here so here's here's the question i want to ask for you after the after the riff after the initial transition where you're in that point where you're like i'm i'm this doesn't happen to me and you're in that sort of mindset yeah. and, and then moving all the way to where you were going into interviews excited and you've shifted from that that desperation or that other mindset into excitement how long do you think that took for you overall first to shift that mindset was that like a day mm. a week a month two years i know yeah. it wasn't two years <laughs> it,
0: it, it was yeah it, it wasn't binary where it, it was on or off yesterday you know it was like yeah a little bit a I, I, yeah i'd say it was probably over five six weeks to get there
1: What do you think was most effective? Because I think it's easy for you and I to sit here and talk about that. It's in the past and say, oh, yeah, like you're going to need to flip the mindset in order to be able to not come off as desperate and instead come off as who you are and who you want to be and have those types of conversations that you were doing a great job having, asking them about and interviewing them about what they loved, what were their challenges, etc., but it's another thing to say like here's what had to actually occur in order to make that transition over that 5 to 6 weeks or so what do you think was most effective for you or what would you what advice would you give to other people that worked
0: yeah i think that's a it's a good question i think for me was I was starting with Ben early on, it was just like I gotta find a bridge role. I just gotta make sure I've got some income while we're figuring out all this other stuff. Because if this takes me a year, I, I can't wait a year. I gotta go fast, right? I gotta get, I gotta get money coming in right away. And so I think to try to answer the question, I think part of what shifted was the uh, what if I did get the job and then I just was miserable and I hated it, but now I don't have enough time to actually work on getting the job that I want and moving in the direction that I wanted to mm. go. Mm. And I think coming to that realization of doing some of the other work in terms of, uh, hey, fast forward six months out, you still don't have money coming in. What does that look like? You know, and just like, you know what? I'm still alive. My bills are paid. There's people that are much worse off than I am. It's just like, I'm fine. This is like, I'm completely fine you know, gave me the confidence of the, maybe I don't just need to get a bridge roll and get money coming in right away. I mean, I'm not saying that there's not people in that situation. I know in reading through articles, and so most people don't have a lot of money in savings. I think the average American has about $400 in their bank account. So I think for me, I was blessed enough that I did have savings. I had other assets that I could sell. Which is like I had friends I could lean on if I really had to and so having that confidence of yeah i I, i'd be okay so let's just get focused on what i really want versus the hey let's just do this bridge roll and get something else in there yeah and i think working with ben it 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 helped get that clarity faster i think i probably would have got there but it probably would not have happened nearly as fast as it Mm -hmm.
1: did if you go back to that right after you Right after you got the, got the riff notice and you're in that mindset, what advice would you give to somebody else who finds herself in that situation that does want to make an intentional career change for this next step?
0: I think having, working with HTYC definitely made a huge difference. I think for me, in addition to what worked well in getting me through this was activating my network mm. and and really just like reaching out to people. I, I talked to people that I hadn't talked to in years. And, all, all of a sudden it was just, and I think some of it is we just get busy with our day-to-day lives and the people that are around, around us immediately. But, and now that it's just like, I'm this new I'm, I'm staying in touch with some of those people that all of a sudden it's just like, you just reach out to. And it's amazing as you reach out to some of these people that you haven't talked to in years, how fast you can just like pick up, like, no time had ever gone by at all. You wouldn't think that it's like, oh, I haven't talked to you in five years. All of a sudden it was just like, oh, what happened with so-and-so? And it's, like, and it's just like, oh, it just picks right back up almost where it left off. And so I think activating the network of, of people, whether it's via LinkedIn, but just starting to reach out to people. And, and one of the things that was a pleasant, I don't know if surprise is the right word, It was was more of a comfort. I think surprise has the "Ah," kind of a connotation to it. Sure. For me, it was a pleasant comfort of how many people just want to help and be there to support. And it's like, yeah, man, I feel it's just like, what about this? Hey, I can call so-and-so. And And just, it was amazing to me. It's just like, and I think that for a lot of folks, I think there would be a tendency to not reach out. And like, I haven't talked to him in five years. I don't want to be a burden. And yeah, no, I for me, it was, and, and there was some of this with. I mean, even I think in my first session with Ben that we talked about, maybe a second, was it's going to be the the network to activate the network, you know. And it's like, and I've been blessed, like in the industry I'm in, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people, and so my network's pretty expansive. I know there's other people that that don't have that situation, but. It's kind of like that Kevin Bacon, six degrees of separation sort of thing, like activate and find out who they know and they, you know, and just, you got to continue to work it. And I know the framework with HTYC, you guys have a lot of that sort of thing, the underpinnings of that to to help with it.
1: Absolutely. I think that what you mentioned is, is really common being the tendency to think, well, I don't want to bother this person. I don't want to be a burden. And what we find in this daily, honest, it makes me feel good about humanity. It, it, we continuously find what you said and what you found, which is that most people just want to help. Like it at is. the at the core of it, like most people are yeah. very willing to help. I mean, you do need to take extra effort to make it easy on them, and and you do need to, you know, approach it from a place of service or a place of where you recognize that you're making an ask but beyond that like everybody if they can i found people are incredibly willing to help it's just we're often unwilling to ask i agree hey if you love this story where we talk through and walk you through step by step how someone got to more meaningful work then you'll absolutely love our audiobook, Happen to Your Career, an unconventional approach to career change and meaningful work. I even got to narrate it, which was so fun and something that I really enjoy doing and will definitely do for future books as well. But it also contains firsthand accounts from career changers on how they made the move to more meaningful work, just like we include on the podcast here. And actually, it's been called the best audiobook experience ever by some reviewers. <laughs> you can find those reviews and the book itself on Audible, Amazon, or any other place where books are sold. Seriously, just pause this right now and go over to Amazon or Audible or wherever you want and download it. You can be reading it and started on your career change in literally seconds. Now, here's a sneak peek into what's coming up next week, right here on Happened to Your Career.
0: I was really nervous to get back out there just because of being laid off. I was so scared that it would happen to me again. (laughs) And I think our brains do that to us. Like once we go through something, that's our experience and that's what we know. So are told that that's just going to repeat itself.
1: I don't think that there's an ideal time to get laid off or really ever to completely change your career happened to your career, we've worked with a whole bunch of people that have gone through pretty dramatic situations. It's one thing when you get tired with feeling stuck and decide to make a change. It's another thing when your company calls you and tells you that your time is up. It leaves people feeling pretty uneasy or scared, to put it mildly. You have a tendency when this happens, and I've been there, you feel like your life is out of control or at least out of your control. But a professional setback might actually lead to a far, far better opportunity that you've never ever considered before. Our story today is someone who is already contemplating a career change, but was then laid off before she could position herself for the next move. She discovered that evolving and adapting weren't only important for success, they were absolutely necessary to move up in the professional world. All that and plenty more next week right here on Happen to Your Career. Make sure that you don't miss it. And if you haven't already, click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep and you get it automatically, even the bonus episodes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Until next week, adios, I'm out.